now. We talked to our good friend, the former UNLV Running Rebel, does a fantastic job on the uh, radio side, but he was a little he was a little distraught, you know, those uh, final few moments of Saturday night's game against Reno as UNLV snapped a five-game win streak and uh, not a good performance as the Rebels lose 69-66 to UNR. But now the Rebels are ready to take on the Air Force Academy tomorrow night, and Curtis Terry joins us now. CT, what's going on, brother? TC, not too much. I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm good, man. I'm good. All right. So uh, we've all been through this uh, on the radio side. Unfortunately, you a lot more uh, than me about, you know, late leads being blown and then just having like the balloon taken out. Talk a little bit about how this was feeling for you from a broadcast standpoint in a rivalry game. A five-game win streak is is on the line. You're feeling like, okay, we got a shot here to maybe even get a buy in the Mountain West Conference tournament. We got 9,500 people, the most people we've had at the Thomas and Mack Center in years, and you've got the electricity. This team led basically wire to wire until the final minute of the game. It was just, uh, I just kind of felt for you, man. And as I sat there watching the game live. I, it's just I had this pit in my stomach. I mean, man, it was just a a collapse, and we can't say it any other way, right? Yeah, man, and it's probably tougher for me because obviously I, I'm an alum. I played at UNLV, and so I think I, I think I take it harder than everybody else does, um, at least when it comes to the broadcast standpoint. But um, for me, it was it was tough because, like you said, I mean, the, the guys played so well from from the start of the game um, throughout the whole game until I mean about the, the three and a half minute mark, and things kind of. Started just to come undone, uh, just not making free throws, missing some layups, um, just not making uncharacteristic plays on which they had done throughout the whole game. And so, um, for it being a rivalry game, for the for the Thomas and Mac being as full as it was, and, and a lot of energy in there, and and the five game win streak, and trying to get six, and, and just everything that that kind of played into it, uh, it was tough for me to, to to get to the end of that game, just because I care so much you know, about the boys and the team and. Um, it, it just it felt bad to see coach and, and, and the staff just to take that loss the way they did because I think I still think that they're a better team. I think they just they just couldn't make enough plays and, and, and string together enough plays down the stretch to get the win. And so it's it kind of took the took the air out of the cells for everybody. I think uh, it, it, that was in the building, the players, the staff, um, everybody involved. But uh, you just got to kind of turn the page and try to get back to it. And they got another opportunity here come tomorrow night in Colorado Springs against the Air Force Academy. And that's another you know uh, element right there. Not only being a former Rebel, but <laughs> Again, you played for Long Kruger. You know Kevin Kruger ex- exceptionally well, and so you have that personal tie uh, as well. I mean, even though we we all see Kevin, talk to Kevin, but I mean, again, you know him better than anybody, and continue to see him, you know, on, on a regular basis. You know, not only games but traveling and that sort of thing. Uh, talk about how I haven't talked to Kevin this week. We had him on last week prior to that game, but uh, you know, how how is he taking this? Uh, especially, you know, again, another let's just call it an embarrassing loss. You had that embarrassing loss to Air Force at home, and then you have this thing happen on Saturday night. You know, I, I wouldn't even say it was embarrassing. I would just say it was just a letdown. Um, I just think I think they played so well, and they've been playing so well over the last I mean month, basically, and, and playing some really good basketball. And uh, they just they got to the finish line and just just couldn't get across it. Um, and I think um, it was pretty evident in the post game interview uh, for the Run River Wrap Up show that, that Kevin was just he was he was just he was upset by the loss and, and feels like they could have done more to, to try to get the win. Um, but they just they just couldn't make enough plays and. 
Um, but the one thing I do know is seeing Kevin here this afternoon before we got on the plane to, to come to Colorado Springs is um, Kevin's a guy, he's, he's in the moment all the time, and so I think he's turned the page on that one. Mm-hmm. Um, it was probably pretty tough for him after that, that night, uh, but I know he got right back to work and, and, and tried to get on the game plan with his staff to get the guys ready for the Air Force because obviously I think that was an embarrassing loss a couple weeks ago uh, when the Air Force Academy came to Las Vegas and, and they beat the Rebels by about 30, and that, that doesn't happen very often where Air Force beats a team by 30, let alone like, the Air Force Academy scores 90 points. And so um, I think he's he's pretty focused and locked in and, and to get his team ready to play because I think for me, I, there's definitely some payback here from that standpoint because uh, I think what happened was, was unacceptable, but I think these guys are, are kind of focused and locked in on the task. And this team's been good at this all year in terms of turning the page and getting refocused um, and, and kind of not letting things hang over their head and just getting ready for the next one. No, and you're right. And I think that's where the frustrating part comes in, too, is like, okay, you look at UNLV and maybe expectations are, are not that high. But then, you know, when you string together, again, like five consecutive conference victories, and then you go back and you look at that great game that they had against Creighton, you know, a team that uh, at that point in time, you know, was ranked in the in the top, uh, you know, 10. You're going like, well, okay, this is this is special. And then, you know, again, they finally get a full roster back. You get Keelan Boone. And now, you know, the injuries are, are really not as prevalent as they were at the beginning of the season. It's like, you know, and then you got, uh, you know, Deion Thomas. You know, he's really coming into his own, the freshman point guard. And it's like, wow, okay, this, this, you know, you're kind of starting to feel something special. And then you have one of these losses here. And I think that's it. What can you finger point here to say the reason for these inconsistencies? Uh, well, I mean, I, I think the inconsistencies kind of, they kind of put those to bed. I mean, like you said, that five game win streak put everything to bed for yeah. me. Um, I think they had a, they had a string of just, just things not going their way. I mean, obviously, uh, with the tragedy that happened on campus in early December, they didn't get a chance to play the game at Dayton. Um, and then you talk about injuries with Shane Noel was out, uh, Jalen Hill was out, uh, you get Keelan, um, and then Jalen Hill goes out again. I mean, you've kind of had some guys in and out of the lineup, haven't had your full team and until mid January in terms of what you thought you were going to get. Um, but then now you, you, you kind of, you roll with, you roll with what you have. And I think this team is kind of coming into their own and to figure out who they are. They're a very tough and physical team. Obviously they're, they're establishing themselves inside in the paint, scoring a lot of points in the paint. Um, and, and being very efficient, um, they're, they're defending their butts off and, and making it, making it like hell for, for teams on offense. And so I, I think the inconsistencies are gone. Um, I think it's more so just kind of finishing, finishing plays and finishing games out, which, which everybody knows. I mean, in, in basketball and athletics, it's those things come down to just a, a couple plays here or there. And you can look at, I mean, just the end, but a course over the course of a game, there's things that you can do throughout to, to kind of shore up those opportunities. But I think this team is, is still in a good spot to, to still go out and, and get a first round by in the Mount West Conference tournament. I still think they got everything ahead of them, um, just because the way the way the schedule shakes up and how they end. Um, but as, as well for everybody else, I think they still got six opportunities here to go out and, and, and string together another win streak and, and kind of see where things end up as you get in that first week of March before that conference tournament starts. There is Curtis Terry joining us, former Rebel and uh, current uh, analyst on the radio side for UNLV. All right, Air Force is tomorrow night. You guys are there. You're in um, the academy, ready to go. And uh, I'm really curious uh, about this and to kind of go off the beat a little bit here, Curtis. When, because m- most fans, Rebel fans, I mean, they, they will take road trips, maybe to San Diego and, and you know, but now you're going to a place where is totally unconventional. You know, basically you're going to, you know, to a, a military base, I guess. What is that like in that trip? Are there uh, any type of restrictions? What's the atmosphere like? Always been very, very curious to see a game at uh, one of the service academies. 
Um, you know, it's, it's, it's nothing out of the ordinary here when you come to Colorado Springs. I mean, obviously, Clune Arena is a unique environment in and of itself. It's pretty small and intimate. Um, I know back in the day when, when I was playing, this, the place used to fill up. They'd have uh, the, the football players and all the cadets would be front row in the student section. Um, and that place would get really loud and, and get full for, for being as small as it is. But um, I think it's, it's an opportunity to come out and get a win. And, and everybody knows the style of basketball that Air Force plays, it, it's, it's hard to, to adjust to. Um, especially going from like a game like three days ago, you, you play Nevada and how they kind of play. They're a little bit looser. They play up and down. And now you got to be more restricted um, and just so much more disciplined in terms of playing that, that Princeton-style offense and just being disciplined to your principles and kind of trying to unlearn things you normally do throughout the course of a season to guard their specific actions a certain way because they try to get you to shoot yourself in the foot and, and to, to go against your kind of your principles. Uh, but there's no restrictions that they have. I mean, obviously, you, you wouldn't even know that you're – on campus um, or on a military base or at the Air Force Academy once you once you get on onto it um, but it, it's business as usual um, and it's 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 pretty normal here from this standpoint at least when you come to the Air Force Academy so I don't there's no other outside factors or, or distractions that the guys have to face uh, um, and the weather's actually pretty good here which is which is unique because you typically see snow on the ground there's there's not a drop of snow anywhere and so it's it's fairly warm, and so I think the boys are going to be able to go out here and, and get prepared and, and try to get ready to, to get some get back on these guys here for tomorrow, uh, but also to get their season back on track after that loss on Saturday. <laughs> All right, Curtis Terry joins us. The Rebels trying to get back on the winning track uh, coming up uh, tomorrow against uh, Air Force. All right, uh, Curtis, let's uh, let's take a look at the uh, the bigger picture here now. We're looking at the uh, NCAA tournament as well as the Mountain West Conference tournament coming up. Uh, there's that number that's being thrown out that, hey, maybe the Mountain West will get four again, maybe even five. I heard some people say six. Give us uh, your take about uh, you know how many teams will get there and what do you think of the competitiveness here of these teams that we've seen so far in the Mountain West? Um, I think this, this is the strongest the Mountain West has been from top to bottom probably since its inception. Um, obviously, there were some really good teams here about 2010. Um, I mean, we talk about when Kawhi Leonard was in town and, and Jimmer Fredette and all those guys. Um, but those were really strong teams, not as strong of a group overall top to bottom. Um, but I, right now, I mean, I think you make a good, very good argument for six teams to get in. If it, if it was the end right now, I think the Rebels would be on the outside of that. Um, but I think it's, it's, there's still a ways to go. I mean, you still got six games left here for the Rebels. Uh, some have seven, some have six, depending on how their schedule plays out the rest of the way. But uh, it's, I think you're going to get at least five. Um, the only thing I'm concerned about, which is typical with the Mountain West, is at this point of the season, actually when you get to conference play and then to this point of the season in the conference, they start to beat up on each other. And that's what we've seen over the last couple of weeks. I mean, you see San Jose State get knocked off, and you turn around and see Boise get knocked off. And then Utah State gets knocked off, and they're just they're just beating each other. Um, and that's, that's pretty typical here in the Mountain West. And so it's, it's really kind of a war of attrition to see how long you can maintain and sustain and, and to, to get the wins that you need to get um, and not suffer too many bad losses in terms of your tournament resume. Uh, but I think, I think it's, it's pretty wide open. I could see this thing going down to the finish here um, in terms of how it's going to finish up with the standings. Um, but, I mean, even looking at it right now, after that loss for the Rebels on Saturday, you're still only a game and a half out of first place behind San Diego State. I mean, just one out in the loss column, two out in the win column. Um, and you still get to play them. So for anybody to think that this thing is over, this is going to go to that last game, March 9th. The Rebels go to um, Torino, and everybody else is going to finish up their season then. So I think we're not going to have a conference champion until that night is established for the regular season. Uh, but then it's going to come to jockeying and, and getting ready for this postseason because it's, it's the only way to guarantee you're going to be in there is to go out and win three games in three days um, in the Mountain West Conference Tournament and, and to, to punch your, your ticket yourself. Um, because trust me, it's, 
it's not fun to have to wait and, and wait it out. And luckily, when I was playing, we didn't have to. We went out there and handled business ourselves and punched our own ticket. So that made Selection Sunday that much easier. Yeah. Who is that one team or two in the conference that you think is, is scary good and that it could maybe represent the conference and do some damage in the NCAA tournament? Uh, you know, for, for me, it's, it's still San Diego State. I mean, I think obviously what they've done is over the course of, I mean, of the last two decades, basically, in the Mountain West Conference. Um, and I think what they did last year, making it to the, to the national championship game, I think that just gave them a lot of confidence, a lot of experience. Um, as good as Utah State is, um, as good as Colorado State's been playing as of late, I think San Diego State is that team and until somebody knocks them off um, to, to have the, the best chance to go out there and, and make a run. Uh, in the March Madness and to the NCAA tournament. Um, but I still think, and not even being a, being a homer, I still think the Rebels are a team that nobody really wants to play right now. And so, again, I think that how this thing is going to shake out and who can get that, that first round by um, is, is going to be telling to how this thing is going to end up through that conference tournament. But I think right now, San Diego State, regardless of kind of the ups and downs that they've had, you, you see them take a couple losses, but you turn around and you see them right now, they're at the top of the conference standings, um, which for me, it's, it's hard to accept and, and to digest. But nonetheless, what Coach Brian Dutcher is doing with his group is is pretty typical, and, and they know how to win, especially when it comes to March. There it is. Right? It, uh, it's deep right now. San Diego State, Boise State, Colorado State, Utah State, uh, and then the Rebels uh, right there in the thick of it as well, too. Curtis, enjoy your time in Fort Collins, my friend. Enjoy the call tomorrow night, and we look forward to seeing you when you're back here. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Take care. There he is, Curtis Terry, the former UNLV runner-rebel.